Hello and welcome back to the Trail Manners Podcast. This is episode number 302. The single track session here for February 11th, 2021. And there's a lot to go over today, so let's get right into it. Our previous episode, if you listened, was uh, episode number 301. That was with Abram Dickerson from Aspire Adventure Running. Uh, it was a great conversation. Uh, we talked a lot about what he's got going in the uh, primarily the Northwest, but he does have some stuff in Yosemite. Um, just some great adventure runs. Um, some beautiful area. If anybody's looking into some of these location runs, some some runcations, if you will, this is a great opportunity. They do everything for you except do the running part. Uh, it's a great group um, doing a lot of things uh, for the runner, all levels. You don't have to be an elite runner. Um, they do have a, a program or a, a, an idea of what you should probably come into with um, for some of these, but uh, check it out if you haven't had the opportunity. Again, that's uh, aspireadventurerunning.com or episode number 301 of the Trail Manners podcast. And this week's beer of the week, let's oh, excited about this one. It's Melvin's 2 by Thor double IPA. So if you're familiar with the Melvin's Brewing Company out of Alpine, Wyoming, they've been around for a while uh, putting out some quality beverages. Um, they have a two by four, which has been a staple of theirs, a real go-to for many IPA lovers. They decided to tweak it a little bit and do the two by Thor. And I was excited to get my hands on this because it's a, it's a new release. It just came out, I'm saying, a couple weeks. 9.9 ABV plus 100 IBUs. It's part of the Rotational Imperial um, IPA series. Check it out if you get the chance. If you see this bear, you grab it. This one, again, is easily, easily 4.5 stars, 4.5 hops, whatever we're going to go here, but it's 4.5. Definitely not cheese curds as we discussed. You can never have half a cheese curd. That's just ridiculous. But again, this is a great beer. So what they did is they just um, changed the recipe of their 2 by 4 just a little bit. Um, they have some Norwegian yeast in there and it has an amazing flavor and it took me some time to figure it out. So I had to have a few. Um, and I, I went to their website cause I couldn't, I couldn't dial it in. It had different notes and different flavor profiles and I went to their website. So here's what it says. It's got bright flavors of grapefruit, mango, and pineapple followed by notes of honey, white pepper, and pine. Um, yes, please. As many of you know, being a huge IPA guy, I like the woodsy flavors. So when it said pine, all the other stuff's right up my alley. I'll, I'll have me some mango any day, but the pine notes anytime. And there's another beer I'm looking at and I won't talk about it right now. Um, but it's got some cedar notes to it. Um, hopefully we'll have on the beer of the week, but it's a great beer. It, if you like an IPA, a double IPA, this one is an absolute must try. Again, that's the two by Thor from Melvin's Brewing Company out of Alpine, Wyoming. You're welcome. You will not go wrong with this one. So if you have any other suggestions for beers of the week, send them my way. We'll see if we can get my hands on them. I do have some coming in. I'm so excited. I placed an order um, with the local D-A-B-C, and uh, got some coming in, well, tomorrow, Friday, the 12th, right before Valentine's Day, uh, two of my all-time favorites, because you can't find them, had to order them um, through the D-A-B-C here in Utah, and you know, we get knocked pretty hard in Utah about the beer stuff, right, and it just happens, it, it's been going on for years, but I'm going to tell you what, we can get our hands on the goods, now, no matter where you're at, there's always a beer or two, right? That's like, oh, you can only get it here. You can only get it here. Well, we have those. We do. And things are changing here in Utah, but I'm excited to be able to get what we want. And if you you can special, or a lot of people don't know this, you can go to the DABC, which is Department of Alcohol here in Utah. You can go to their website and you have to order cases, right? So, you know, there's a little setback unless you got a couple buddies or you're like me, you have a flavor that you know, as a home run, you just order a case. Um, I ordered a, 
um, I'm going to say like a week ago, and I got a call yesterday. Hey, it'll be in Friday the 12th. I'm like, score. So it's still a great opportunity. So anyway, if you got any others, send them my way. I'll see if I can get my hands on them. But if I'm ordering a case, I'm hoping they're home runs. So anyway, that was a beer of the week. Melvin's two by Thor, double IPA. You can hopefully find it um, and and give that a go. Because if I can find some more, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna grab some. I would also really want to take just a moment, and this is pertinent to the show. Gunner, my four-legged apostle avert, my best buddy in the land, just turned six on Tuesday the ninth. So I'm super excited to say happy birthday. Six years old to my good buddy Gunner. Love you, buddy. I know you're listening. You download every week, I know, and actually you're sitting right here so you can hear me from the start, but uh, happy birthday, Gunner. You, you the man. You the four-legged man. So as you know, last week's single track session, I kind of went over some things with my race schedule, looking for different races, especially certain times of the year, and boy, that didn't take long to uh, fill. Less than a week, I did it. I, I pulled the trigger, a race I... I love realistically because I've done the 55k and that's just a gorgeous course is the Beaverhead 100k. We've talked about this um, race before on the podcast in the past. Great race directors, great volunteers. These guys have it dialed in. You're basically running between Idaho and Montana in beautiful mountain range and then right at the end it'll just it it kicks your butt. It's uh over some rocks is just it's a beast it is the it's a hard race um even for the the speed folks it's a it's a gorgeous course i signed up for it it's july 10th and the fun thing about this for me my 50th birthday is july 9th so the day after i turn 50 i'm celebrating by punishing myself with 100k so again i've talked about it on the show and i've talked about it it would be fun. I've never been fast. I, I probably never will be, but again, that's all relative. So I went back and I looked at the Beaverhead 100K at the 50 and over times. So I'm like, okay, if I'm 50, what would it take to have a good time in my age group? So minus last year, because last year, for whatever reason, they decided to run fast. The, the winner of 50 and over, again, this is 50 and over was 13 hours and 51 minutes Okay, for the 100K. Now, this 100K isn't like most. There's a lot of vert. It's very technical, especially at the end. And at the end of this race, like I was mentioning, you're going up. It's like a couple false summits. You're going over this shell rock. It literally drops. It, it, once you get to the peak and you think, okay, I've only got, say, seven miles to go, it just drops. The bottom drops out. You are, you are straight down for quite a while. And that that punished me. Um, so it is a difficult race. So 2020, 15 over winner was 1351, followed by a good friend and awesome buddy of the show, Scott Jaime at 1453. And then the next person was 1624. Now, years before that, um, our friend Jim Skaggs, he was the first in 2017. He finished first in the 50 and older in 1724. So I'm looking over this and I'm going to put a goal for myself for this race, which I, you know, I'll do, but I won't be disappointed if I won't hit it, but I'm going to go for it and just see about time. There's some, like AJW's running this race. There's some fast dudes still um, running in 2021, um, but I just want to see what, what what's up with that. So anyway, the day after I turned 50, Beaverhead 100K, they still have spots in the 100K, which blows my mind. Um, the 55K is filled, but there's some spots in the 100K. Man, come on up. Come celebrate my 50th birthday with me on that weekend. Um, I'm not going to be, I won't have any cake in my hydration vest, but you know, I might have a little snacky snack. Maybe I'll carry a candle. That would be kind of fun, right? A little candle, but uh, yeah, excited for that race. And that fits right perfectly in with my calendar. Um, it's not too long after the uh, Bighorn 100 um, less than a month. So that kind of worries me a little bit because I'm not that guy, right? That recovers quickly or, or puts a lot out. So, but again, it's just going to be a good time and a great weekend. And then I also, am going to be running another race I enjoy. And again, yeah, I've run it before, but the Timp Trail Marathon here in Utah on May 8th, that's a fun race. That's a, it goes through some gorgeous area. Another just fun, 
uh, a race. It's not going to kill you. Uh, it's got some climbing and it's got some good downhill at the end, which I always like. This got runnable downhill at the end. It's not like the Beaverhead where they just drop the bottom out of you, where you're like, "Oh, this this is going to hurt a bit." Um, and it's a it's a trail marathon distance, so it's not you know going to kill you for a hundred k. But I'm excited for that one in May. So really, I think for me, the only opening I'm looking for is like the end of August. So I've got uh, Elva Carol at the first of August, but then the bear at the end of September. So it'd be nice to have, and maybe it'll end up being like a cool adventure run at the end of August, um, just to make sure last little fine tune up before the bear. After the bear in September, uh, this dude is going to uh, relax and the odds, the hopes are finally taking my daughters to Kauai. We were supposed to go last year, but the the mask thing hit, so we backed off, and hopefully we can hit that this year for their their gift. But yeah, a couple races that I'm excited to go. Still love to hear what everybody else is running this year, especially if we cross paths. If you're running the Beaverhead, if you're going to run Temp, if you're going to run Bighorn, the Bear, Elva Carroll, let me know because I always like meeting people. Or if I, we've already met, it's great to see you again and just give me something to look forward to besides the race itself. Um, on a person, on a professional note, um, you know, the trails foundation, Northern Utah is hiring two part-time positions. Super excited about that. I've, uh, I've been the only person in the office since, uh, the first of October, which has been a challenge, but I've absolutely loved every bit of it to get to learn all the ins and outs of it. But we are hiring for an accounting and office coordinator, as well as a marketing and communications coordinator. So I'm really excited to add to the team just to do more for the trails. And this is just a quick reminder, no matter where you are, please take the time to find who is in charge or who helps with the trails in your area, whether it's the forest service, the county, the city, private land, whatever it is, and see how you can volunteer. We know last year with the pandemic, the trails were hit hard. Um, a lot of more people got out, a lot more people uh, recreating, and which we absolutely love. But boy, it, they take their toll. Just like roads, they need repaired. So no matter where you're at, if you've got some time, it's a great thing to do is to give back to the trails by volunteering, whatever that might be. It could be brush trimming, could be garbage, could whatever. And I'm sure most of you do that. And I know if you're running 100, a lot of races ask for it, but uh, it never hurts. So reach out to your local organizations and see any way you can help just to keep these trails sustainable, safe, and fun for years to come. So um our kids, our grandkids, or whoever, even ourselves can have a good time on them. And being out on the trails, it's always nice, too. If you find a spot or see a spot, you can report it. When I mean that is if it's bad, if it's weathered, if it's you know got some issues, it needs some help, it's okay to take a photo and say, hey, guys, here's, here's what we're looking at. Um, love to help if we can reroute this section, or we can help with the drainage, or we can just rehabilitate the trail. That helps because most of these organizations – you're not on the trail as much as uh, the people, like the trail runners, the the cyclists, the mountain bikers, whoever, the hikers, the equestrians. Um, so report some stuff, and that helps no matter where you're at. And I'm super excited again. See, the excitement is just overwhelming today, and I'm 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 happy. So I've had this foot issue for about two months. I've been running on it, but not hard and not long, right? And it's through the winter, so that's right where I need to be. But it's been bugging me. I mean, just sheer pain, sharp. I uh, coach soccer. I can't really do much. Finally broke down because I thought, okay, this isn't one of those little niggling injuries where they, you know, from being a runner, you know how we avoid things. And, and oh, that's just this, or I'll work through that. Maybe I'll get some therapy. Well, I went and got some x-rays done. Good news, no structural damage. But they sent me to, my gosh, one of my favorite doctors in the area. First of all, my doctor's the greatest ever. And then they sent me, he sent me and referred me to another doctor I've been to who is another superstar and also a runner. Both my doctors are. How, how awesome is that? Um, and they did some, yes, this was just yesterday. And did some more x-rays, checked it out. And they said, okay, again, no structure, no like fractures or anything. However, this bone right here, the cuboid is sitting too low. So what you've done is you've displaced your cuboid bone in your foot, which Number one, I just kind of got a little queasy because I'm not into that stuff. And it's doing this and that and the other, so we need to we need to get it back in there. And he's like, and here's what we're going to do. It's called the whip. And right away, I thought, this isn't like, this doesn't sound very fun. He's like, what am I going to have you do? Go up to the table, you know, kind of brace yourself, kick your leg up like a donkey kick, and just relax. 
<laughs> and I thought, oh, yeah, I fell for this once, and that didn't work out for me so well. So I thought, okay, I trust you. And what they do is they manipulate. And what, what I mean manipulate, they force. And they <laughs> bend your foot in a way that doesn't feel right, and it pops this bone back into, into where it needs to be or should be. Um, after four tries and the constant reminder to, hey, just relax, or just relax, so I was I literally, no joke, I was sweating a little bit. My body was tingly. I'm not into this stuff, right? Um, ugh. But they got it back in. And immediately, like immediately, the pain was gone. And I could stand on my foot, no pain. It was unbelievable. Um, I forgot to ask exactly when I could run again, but I'm pretty sure my, hear, my hearing heard Saturday. But so we're taping it uh, for a couple weeks to keep it there. But I'll tell you what, I woke up. And I didn't run. I haven't run for eight days on purpose because before I went to the doctor, I'm like, hey, maybe it just needs to rest. I thought it was like tendonitis. So I'm like, okay, I'll rest it, hit it with my TENS unit, uh, maybe put some cooling gels, do whatever, all the WebMD stuff. But the good news is it's good. And he taught me or showed me how to do it by myself if it pops out again. It's included as a tennis ball. Um, I hope that doesn't happen. But the great news is, I'm on the mend and just two months of just walking with pain in your foot and not being able to point your toe, all these little things, boy, that's feet are important for runners. I decided, which crazy enough gave me tendonitis in my other, my left foot. And then my right hip now is tendonitis. So I've got some stuff for that. So hopefully I'm on the mend. I'm excited to get back out and just get some, get some consistency back. Because pretty soon, I think not this coming weekend, not Valentine's weekend, but the following, I'm headed down to Moab to just run around a little bit, get out of town for a few and uh, explore. But uh, my fitness isn't where it needs to be, but it'll be there. I'm excited. It's getting there. So that's all we need to worry about on my end. So yeah, that was a little ditty. Speaking of Valentine's Day, I hope everybody has a great weekend, regardless of what it is. Not a huge Valentine's Day fella. Um, You know hope you have somebody if you if you do have a significant other i hope you love them all the time and not just show them once a year or twice a year um if you don't no worries i've been there and there's nothing wrong i I, i've never really had it affect me but however if you're one of those people that celebrate it and go all out go for it um but yeah happy valentine's day from trail manners podcast me and my buddy gunner wish y'all a happy valentine's day and it's, you know, some of you get Monday off or the, the President's Day weekend, which is fantastic. And then I'm excited the following weekend headed down to Moab. So this should be pretty, pretty fun. So I have an interesting stat. And um, I found this. And it's pretty amazing. And let me say, not surprising, but surprising. Let me let me tell you what it is and let it, let you decide for yourself. Okay. Here's a question that was brought up. I got an email from a a company that I follow. Um, and they asked the fastest known times, a question, um, website, they said, how many FKTs were logged in 2020? So the, the question caught my attention because I've seen them, right. And I can go either way on an FKT far as cool or not cool because I you know it depends on the, the FKT right and I don't mean that in a negative way but I think sometimes I saw a few last year that people were kind of say manufacturing but I mean I could go out now and probably find a, a route and do an FKT if I did it a certain way but there's some that are they're all incredible I mean again because it's F fastest yeah that's not part of my game Um, but it's pretty interesting. So here is their response. How many FKTs were logged in 2020? Again, not a lot of races, a lot of runners jonesing to do stuff. Seems like a pretty good way to social distance, be safe and go after it. So they said the site blew up last year. We saw a 438% increase in usage worldwide. And this is the fastest known times website. There's no state and almost no country in the world that didn't see FKT action. 3,054 runners logged efforts with 2,976 of those being new FKTs. Let that sink in. 3,000, you know, globally, runner-wise, it's probably not a huge percentage, but 
3,054 runners logged efforts, which means that many people logged it. That's not even saying everybody that did it. That's who logged their efforts. Almost 3,000. 2,976 became new FKTs. And then records would be set for these FKTs, then broken within 24 hours. That's crazy. Like, crazy. There, there were some amazing FKTs set last year. Um, but that, that number to me is a little astonishing. And it makes me wonder if our sport... I know, yeah, 2020 was a different year, but there's every year there's been an increase anyway in FKT attempts and um, records. I'm wondering if our sport's headed that way a little bit more. Um, I'm not saying that 2021 will have that many, but FKTs over the last five years... Um, six years maybe even, yeah, have really increased in popularity. You know, 10 years ago, you could go set an FKT probably easy. Uh, okay, again, take it, for, take it for the concept of the conversation. When I say easy, nothing is easy on these things, but easier, right? Some of them were obscure. Some people didn't even know about. Some didn't know where to find the information, right? But now, I mean, the sport is boomed and it just continues to boom in the trail running world a lot of it is the ultra i mean there's a lot of fkts that are quite you know 14 nolans and the the round and all these other ones appalachian trail obviously has been getting a lot of heat um colorado trail um a lot of them so i'm curious if it's going to head this way a lot more like if this is and i've talked to a few runners and they have these on their list for a year or two years out like planning them um one of the things I've enjoyed about some of these conversations I had is people that own the record or have done these FKTs are helping the people that are trying to break them or do them, which I think is awesome, right? Um, you go, you set an FKT, and I know you don't get this, all the accolades or whatever. Some you do, but you go set an FKT, and then someone calls you or emails you or maybe texts you or send you a letter through the U.S. Postal Service with a stamp on it and says, hey, I'm thinking about this. Got any tips? What do you think? And people are legit helping them, like getting on the phone. Okay, here's what I would do differently. Um, Maybe if you do this, this time of year, blah, blah, blah. Folks, that to me is what this sport of trail running is all about, right? At the end of the day, you're setting a bar, these people, right? They're setting the bar with the FKT. They're helping people to go for it because it's exciting and they knew what it took to get it. And I like the idea of them helping them. I'm not saying that's everybody. There might be people that never reply or answer back or just tell them to go get bent or whatever, right? I get that. But that's one of the reasons. And I, it's so rare to me in a lot of conversations I've had with other things but just another reason why I love this sport. You know, people are so willing to share, even through the podcast, right? We've had guests on that share information about races or or tips or anything else. It's just trail running. There's not, at the end of the day, there's not a lot of glory to it, right? It's so personal and what you're trying to do and to have people in the community around you encourage you, push you, educate you, help you get these goals, even if it means their name gets erased from it, um, for that, for the fastest, I mean, they'll always be there. It's incredible. And my hat's off, my trucker hat off to all of you, um, that are out there doing it. And the people, the, you know, few people realistically with the numbers that didn't break an FKT, I think it's awesome. I'm not one of those people that'll probably ever go after one. Um, I'm just not fast. Right. And I don't know. I look at it sometimes and I think, okay, I wonder, I know it's hard, right? So say it's a Colorado trail, right? Cause that's one I'm more familiar with. My friend Scott Jaime had it. It's changed over the years. You go through things so quickly. And when I say quickly, I mean, it's a 50 mile day, right? So you know, you're not buzzing on day, you know, six, but you go by so quickly I wonder if a lot of them go back at any point or maybe in segments and enjoy it. So years and years and years ago, right when about fire came out, um, I, me and Scott Jaime did the Highline uh, Trail in the Uenas, um, which, you know, is, is a long trek. It's, uh, you know, 80 plus miles. There's some give or take on where you start and finish. And I remember we hit this section and we weren't going for an FKT. I didn't know what an FKT was back when we did this. 
but we went through it and scott was the leader he was the man i was just along because i was probably one of his dumbest friends and didn't know what i was getting myself into but we just basically fast packed it so we didn't take sleeping bags we didn't take a tent we just covered all these passes through the uinas and it's not an easy um, trail to do to begin with and there's some sketchy spots um but I remember going through this, and we didn't have t- we didn't have time to rest and relax. We took a couple spots. Lightning hit at one point. The, the rain and snow came so hard one time we stayed under a tree uh, to wait that out. But there were some gorgeous places along the way that I'm like, oh, I'd love to come back here. But the interesting part is a lot of these places weren't near a trailhead, so it would have been 15 miles maybe to get to this spot, which again isn't far. But when I see these FKTs, I wondered. I know they enjoy it and they're setting out to do something specific, but boy, all you trail runners out there, you can't tell me there's like a race, uh, a run you've been on where you stop and you look at something and go, oh my gosh. And just for me, it's like going back to that place where I can actually sit, relax, or maybe even stay the night um, would be cool. Uh, Just last year, I did Kings Peak in Utah and it was a one day push. We went on a Friday, woke up super early Saturday, did Kings Peak, came back. But there's a couple spots like a lot of people will hike in and go to, I think it's Dollar Lake if I remember correctly, and stay the night. And that's like seven or eight miles from the trailhead we started. Gorgeous area. And I thought to myself, oh, that would be cool to come and camp with all these people and just relax and then do some some day runs out of there. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting thought on my part maybe, but uh, the back to the FKT staggering number. And I'm kind of interested to see what happens in 2021. So I hope I can remember this stat and this clip and maybe I can figure it out, find out what it is in 2021, just to see the the difference in what that is on, on those things. Cause I still think these are going to, inc- I still think the FKTs are going to be hugely popular because you know, it's not a fee. It's not a lottery to get into a race, something you can do on your own or with some good friends. Um, so yeah, pretty cool. If you have a time to check out fastest known times, I think it's .com. I don't have it pulled up um, to see all the different FKTs that are solo, uh, supported or excuse me, sort supported or unsupported, male and female. I love it all. Um, and congratulations to all those thousands of people that crushed it um, in the FKTs last year. Oh boy, uh, let's move on from that. That's uh, that was my 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 whole spiel uh, for the week the excitement there but we've had some other cool stuff come in we still got a lot to cover um, first off just a reminder that we do have a community page on facebook that's uh kicking off uh doing well where you can just ask a lot of questions um get information and have fun um, but next i want to i want to address the woody footy uh for the week so last week we had a great woody footy and we did get more so folks please share that on our facebook page every sunday the woody footy where did your feet take you and let's see where you're at. Um, I want to I want to see the places. And a lot of them have the white stuff in it, right? Because it's that time of year in most parts of the, well, that are posting. Um, we had some great ones this week. I'm going to start off with one of my favorites. Um, Jeff Hart from uh, Bellingham had an awesome picture. And it was like a tree in the forest, but kind of a close-up. Just super cool. And if you know me... I got a huge crush on the Northwest, like hard crush on the Northwest. So all that green, all that moss, all those trees, all that canopy cover. Yes, please. Um, I can't wait to get back up there. We also had good friend Simon Hodgson uh, take, it looks like he went on a trail and some bramble thorns decided to snack his or snag his uh, beanie. And that was in Hampshire, England. Itchen Valley Trail. Uh, Tom Ruiz in Reno. There's some snow in that one at Hunter Creek. Uh, Sarah Moore on the island. Megan Smith in the Wind Caves in Logan. Jeremy Haddock had a good one. He went he went sledding and got an awesome picture of his uh, uh, his son coming down the the hill, if you will, catching some air on the sled. So again, where did your feet take you? Doesn't have to be running related. Huge shout out and way to go to Tim Barbie. He did a nine hour trail challenge in Missouri and he took a picture of his base camp for the nine hours. So that's cool to see people getting after it early in the year all the time. Alex Terrell and Jordan L uh, perimeter trail. That's a gorgeous shot. Jackie actor in middle fork, which is close here to where I'm at and hit that trail quite often. 
Brian Nicholson on Malins, which is a local peak, with and Tim Bugnett was on there as well with a great photo. Laquita Probasco in East Canyon, which is near the Wasatch 100 course. Mark Davis, that's a great shot. Um, up early in the dawn, got his poles going up a mountain with some snow. Uh, Rachel Zeller, again from Montana. Lake Como Derby. There's some snow and some cold looking there. Uh, Tara Warren, Taylor's Canyon. Tim Barbie has a great action photo of his race, and it's pretty cool because it's uh, you've all seen them, those night photos where people are wearing headlamps, so there's like a streak where they were or where they're going. Those are always cool. Oh, boy. Uh, Gifford uh, from Grand Valley, Colorado. That is gorgeous. Love the, the sunset slash sunrise, and I'm not sure which it is, uh, <laughs> but it looks awesome. I'm going to guess sun. Hmm. I'm going to go sunrise just for fun. Uh, Andrew Giles, downtown Edmonton. Okay, minus 27 Celsius at night. Um, Yikey. That's, that's, that's chilly. Uh Clarice here locally um, had her gals uh, on the search for Hidden Valley. Lee Moss, he was on the Wasatch 100 course at Big Mountain Pass Aid Station. Looks completely different, uh, covered in snow. But this week's winner on the Shoreline Trail in Ogden, Heather Carter. Gorgeous shot. I love all the, the aspects of it. You can see the trail in the snow. You got great mountain views, the sun coming up, and the clouds are on point. So congratulations, Heather Carter. You're this week's Woody Footy winner. I do have Woody Footy stickers if anybody wins and wants one. Um, send me your at manners at trailmanners.com. Send me your address. We'll get those out there. Also, a quick reminder, um, the Trail Manners flag, we're getting more play on that. So if you want to get in line or get on the schedule for those Trail Manners flags I have, if you've got a race, a cool event, you're going somewhere awesome and you want to participate, uh, let me know, manners at trailmanners.com. We'll send you out a Trail Manners flag. You take it to this spot, you sign it, and you send it back. Um, I'm really excited to see where this thing goes, and I, uh, I like the uh, energy that is picking up from people uh, messaging in and, and wanting to say, hey, I'm going here, here this time. I've got a race this time. I'd love to do it. And it might be something more of if you got a race, maybe you do it at the finish line or the start line. You don't have to pull it out during the race, especially if you're trying to get a certain time, but especially those peak, you know, you want to bag a peak or you got some cool excursion or a little runcation or wherever. Um, those are pretty cool to have on there. So uh, let me know on that. Next up, we're going to talk. We got three, thank you folks, three Ask Trail Manners questions. Again, these are questions you can send in, uh, whether it's an email or post it on social media. Um, I think we post on Saturdays. Uh, you're asking for your Ask Trail Manners questions. And we'll answer them on air the best we can and in Trail Manners fashion, which generally means we don't back it up with a lot of data, right? This is uh, more of a we talk to people and we come up with our own opinions, but it's not science, folks. It's not uh, set in stone. So we got three this week. Uh, first one is from Tim. Tim says, what is the common elevation on a trail race that you would bring trekking poles? And this one, I've talked to a few people because, Tim, I don't use poles. Um, I have a top of the line set that I keep for just in case I am getting older and maybe I'm going to need them soon if I just want to go to the store. But this is a great question. And I've talked to a few people and it kind of boils down to the same thing. It's personal preference, right? And especially, you know, we've talked about poles before on the show, um, training, you got to train with them. So I've seen people obviously at uh, bigger mountain races, you know, Wasatch 100s, Bear 100s, uh, Hard Rock, obviously, um, you know, take poles and they pull them out at certain times. I've seen people hang onto the poles and carry them pretty much the whole way, but I've also seen flatter races um, with not as much elevation that have poles. Now, again, I, I definitely recommend that you train with them so you get a good feel for them, have a great feel for how it's going to be. Um, I tried to use poles one time real in a race at Wasatch coming out of Brighton aid station. I was pretty cooked. My pacer pulled him and said, here, put, use the poles. 
And I'm going to be completely honest with you because I have uh, not a lot of pride. Um, I didn't know how to use them. Like I was putting one down and he's like, no, you got to do this when you're lifting with this foot. And I used them for, I don't know, a couple hundred feet. And I'm like, ah, no, I'm thinking too much. I wasn't used to them. And the other thing you got to be careful of is being sore in other places. If you're not used to using them, I mean, obviously when you use them, uh, your arms, your shoulders, your triceps, um, those things are going to get work. So I don't, I don't think there's a rule, Tim. I think it's realistically how you feel, um, how you're prepared for the race. I know some people use them um, if they're, you know, maybe they're, what's the word, not injured, but maybe have some quads that are tweaked a little bit um, on training runs. Um, but again, these are questions that all of Trail Manor's listeners uh, can chime in with um, on the Facebook post to this episode, Single Track Session, uh, episode 302. Because again, I think it's personal preference. Um, I've seen people use them at the Buffalo Run 100, which is a fairly flat race. There's a couple, um, I'll call them climbs because they're not flat, but I've seen people use them on the flats too. Some could be rhythm, um, you know, and you get tired. Maybe it's a, the distance of the race, Tim. Maybe it's a 50 mile or a 100 mile, and maybe you can have them in a drop bag later if you need them. But it's a great question. I personally don't use them. I'm not saying I never will or I'm against them. It's just not. And people tell me, oh, you would like it, you know, better you if you used them. And that could very well be the case. But I personally don't. I'm not saying I won't. So I know that probably doesn't help. Um, but I would just recommend, if, especially if there's a race you're denuing or some type of run that people have done, ask them their thoughts. Um, and again, you know, what you're used to uh, training-wise. So again, anybody else have any comments or expertise in that area, um, post them for Tim. And we can share them on the show as well um, if he doesn't read them uh, to help each other out. And that's all these questions coming up. Because the next one is from good friend of the show who we love having around, Andrew Giles. I love this one. Here's the question. Ask Trail Manners. Do your food requirements change as a race progresses? At the start, cheese curds and pickles. Near the end, cheese curds and question mark. So I've read this one quite a few times, and the simplest reason is because when I read cheese curds, I, I can literally taste them in my mouth. So I loved the question. Um, do your food requirements change as a race progresses? Abso-freaking-lutely. Um, should it or shouldn't it? I don't know. People tell me all the time, no, you got to stick to your plan. Um, and what's there's an old saying, you know, you always stick to your plan until you get punched in the face and things change. I learned early on, unfortunately, um, I used to, I, I dabble in nutrition. Um, when I say that I try I like to try new things cause everything's coming out differently. But again, I recommend you try them on a run. If you're going to in, incorporate them into your, uh, race routine or your race. But I know a few races early on in my, my racing, I'll say career, my racing days, whatever you want to say, I would have say, I'm not going to name a brand, but I would have a brand that I really liked, right? Maybe they had a few flavors I really liked. I would use those. I would stash them in my drop bag, say it's a 50 or 100 mile race. And what I'd find, I'd get sick of them, right? Now, when you train, I don't do a lot of 50 mile training runs. I don't even do a lot of 30 plus mile training runs, right? So I'd never really get sick of stuff because um, it would be, you know, say 30 miles. I've done 30 mile trainings. I wouldn't get sick of it. Maybe near the end, I wouldn't want anything. Um, but I noticed in other races, I would just get downright sick of the taste. Maybe it's too sweet um, or whatever. So, yes, my mind change all the time. And I learned that it's okay on a drop bag. I would put stuff that maybe didn't even sound good when I was putting it in the drop bag. Right. It's like I put it in there like, yeah, I ain't going to touch that piece of beef jerky. That's just silly. But when I hit mile 75 or I hit mile 45 or whatever, and I open that and I see the jerky, I'm like, the heavens just open up because it's a different flavor. And I don't know what I'm going to be in the mood for because that's based on a lot of things. Um, maybe it helps get the, the vomit flavor out of your mouth when you have a nice piece of teriyaki jerky. I don't know. But yeah, mine do change. And I, I tend to graze at aid stations more later in a race. But I think, again, it comes down to effort and distance of your race, right? So when I get, say I'm at mile 90, oh my gosh, I'd eat a hoagie, right? Because I know I'm probably not going to run a whole lot between mile 90 and 100. But say mile 30, I'm going to be a little more careful what I put in my body because of the running and going through the night. But yeah, if I'm at, 
later in the race, oh my gosh, you could hand me whatever. And if you go to a lot of races where there's not a, and I don't mean this bad, like a lot, not a lot of running. For example, when I was at Hard Rock one year, I was at the Telluride Aid Station. They've got like pies, pizza. And at first I'm like, wowzers. If I ate a couple pieces of pumpkin pie, I don't know if I could go. But, it, you know, what do you got coming up? Is it just going to be this real gnarly, steep, four or 5,000 foot climb in X amount of miles where you know you're not going to be running, where it's got time to get in your system? Um, you can break it down better. So I think there's a lot of personal things that go into that. But I've also found stuff that um, surprised me, right? For example, I hated avocados. I never ate an avocado. But I started seeing them at races. People would pull one out of their drop bag, and I'd be like, what in the, you know? And finally, I tried it. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is the greatest tasting thing in the world. And now I love avocados. But we've all been there. You pull into an aid station. I don't care where it's at. And it's, say, potato chips. Probably the cheap brand because you're at a race. You know, they're the the off brand or the, the market brand salted potato chips and you put one of those suckers in your mouth and the only thing is that is the greatest potato chip I have tasted in my entire life right because sometimes it just hits you and then you go home and you're thinking oh my gosh this is it and it's the worst thing you've ever tasted so one year my first 100 I ran Wasatch I was at mile 75. I was going to DNF. Um, I was done. I was cooked. Didn't want to go anymore. It was my first hundred and I didn't feel good. Nothing. I was throwing up all the way down to Brighton, um, even water at that point. And my pacer was, you know, checking it out and he was a, a veteran of the, of the world. I would have never finished without him. And he said, we got to Brighton and I was ready. I'm like, I just don't want to do this anymore. He's like, why don't you lay down, just relax, let things settle. You got time. And I remember when I came to, I was being offered all this stuff and nothing sounded good. And so, uh, another friend of mine hands me an apple juice. I do not drink apple juice. I'm not an apple juice fan. Do not drink apple juice. And I'm like, no. He's like, just try it. I drank the whole apple juice and my whole game changed. I went into the bathroom, looked in the mirror, came back out. My, like, let's do this. And my friends were like, what? What do you mean? Are we done? Are you going on? And I thought to myself, that was the, and it saved my race, right? Well, I get home and a few days later, I remembered this apple juice was life-changing, like life-changing. So I went to buy some and taste it. And I was like, oh my God, I don't like apple juice. So do mine change? Yeah. And I know a lot of people's that do, but uh, again, I think it boils down to effort, distance, and what you're doing. I'll tell you, I've never had a cheese curd in a race, but I'm going to challenge myself and maybe some race directors that are listening that if I'm running your race, maybe throw some in there, right? I'd, I'd, I'd mow down on a cheese curd. I don't care if it's at mile two or mile 98, I'm going to eat a cheese curd. Beaverhead one year, no joke, hit an aid station, they had bacon. And I know this is not new to anybody because bacon's like, you know, it's the holy unicorn of trail running. I had bacon. I left the aid station. I was probably I don't know, not far, let's say 20 yards down the trail. And I turned around, went back and grabbed more bacon and left again because it was that good. And I just needed something tasty in my mouth. So yeah, they change from the start to the finish. And I always have grand ideas of how I want my race to go. But I think having a variety is always a good thing. So great question, Andrew. And again, chime in folks. What do you, what's your go-to? Maybe late in the race, I knew people would do milk, just flat milk late in a race. Um, everybody's got their thing. I don't think I have a thing. I think it's just me at a buffet. What sounds good? And the last Ask Trail Manners from good friend of the show. We just mentioned Jeff Hart up in Bellingham. Another great question. Uh, hey, Trail Manners, longtime listener, first-time questioner. You mentioned using a TENS unit last week. There are a lot of settings you can use. Do you have the skinny on a good recovery, stimulating, healing setting? Hurts? Of course it hurts. It's E-STEM. Duration, question mark, pulse or constant, etc. Jeff, you're way smarter than me. I'm going to just say that. And we know that. I don't think that's a, that's a uh, debatable thing even. I've got a, a TENS unit I bought off Amazon. It's probably not a high-end one. And one day it might just decide to go haywire and, and shock me good. But there's this the pre-programmed setting it does have different settings like you're talking about but i am not smart and i like things easy 
So what I like to do with my tens unit is I like to put the pads where I want it to go, plug it in, and just turn it on. <laughs> the presetting on mine has all those. It's got um, I shouldn't say all those. It's got like a pulse one, and then that goes for a few minutes. Then it's got like constant, and then sometimes it'll dip quite a bit. I could, that's when I know I don't feel it. And next thing you know, it just hits me hard again. And I'm like, whoopsie. And I don't touch the button. So it increases there. Um, and mine, I think is preset at either 20, I think it's like 20 minutes. Um, and so I've never changed it. I've talked to a few, um, people, um, about that, um, in the, in the PT slash medical slash you're a lot smarter than me field, which is a big field. And a lot of it is, uh, you can read on it for sure, but a lot of it's preferences as well. Um, and a lot of what I hear is by not always doing something constant to it, by, by mixing it up with like having the pulse, having the, the change in the hertz and all that, um, it's kind of beneficial because it takes it through its different um, rounds. But again, I'm not a doctor. And it could depend on what you're using it for. Is it an injury recovery? Is it more of a um, just recovery from a run, um, like healing or whatever as one? Well. So I would check if there's if you're hurt, it'd probably be best to check, right? Like if you're hurt, hurt, like you're recovering from a torn muscle or something like that. But where for me, it's more recovery just to kind of, um, you know, foam roll and stretch and just throw this as part of the quiver to it. Um, I just leave it on that setting and let it do its thing. I figure it's smarter than I am. And I have to read the manual, um, and it's really small print. So I try to stay away from that. So if it comes with a setting, just like my Theragun, it's got three settings, right? What feels good today? I'm doing that. But now you've got me wondering, so I might try and mess with it a little bit. Um, and I'll come back maybe next week with some good news um, and not a, a tick like every once in a while. My head just tilts to the side. I talk like that because I chose the wrong setting. So great question. And thank you for taking the time to ask these questions. Sometimes they're good and helpful for others out there listening. Sometimes it's just about comedy or uh, for me to think, but I try to answer them honestly for sure. And I definitely reach out to people if they're smarter than I am in that field um, just to get some insight as well. So I have a lot of people I know that run on the trails with their legs and feet that can help me if I get in a bind, but a lot of it is, uh, you know, so much of this sport though really is personal preference. Cause it kind of does the same thing with like, right. Shoes. What's the best shoe. Um, well, good luck with that. I mean, I already know what it is, but you know, let people figure it out based on what they like, best socks, you know, um, lift millimeter drop, all these things. So much of it's personal preference and what you're used to and what works for you. So, um, again, any answer we have here is not, the Bible. It's not set in stone, um, but they're great thought-provoking questions, and I appreciate you sending them in um, because I enjoy answering them because it makes me think more. So thank you again uh, for that. Again, send your questions, ask Trail Manners. You can send to manners at trailmanners.com or ask them through the socials um, waves. And I got a question of the week for you guys out there, all you guys and gals. What's your favorite race we have may not heard about? So is there a local race or maybe it's a race you travel to that's not something we may have heard about. And maybe you don't want to say because it's your race, right? Like it's the race. Like for me, one of mine was El Vaquero. And not a lot of people knew about it, you know, 10 years ago when I first started going to it. And that was my baby. And now it's, you can't get in, right? So maybe you don't want to share it. But is there a favorite race that we may have not heard about or we haven't talked about on the podcast? And why? tag them in your comments on the Facebook post to this. I'd love to know because I'm always looking to go to different races. I've got some vacation days coming up that maybe I can get out and hit one of these. And it doesn't have to be an ultra distance race. It could be a half marathon, you know, something fun, something different. Um, I think everybody's always looking for different. I, I've run races. I mean, this year, fortunately, I've got one or two that I've never run before, but I've got three that I've run before um, because I'm just hooked on them. And there's so many out there. So again, tag them because that helps me find them. And it gives them a little shout out, gives them a little, how you doing? So your favorite race we've may not heard about, and maybe just a quick why, right? Maybe it's the race director. Maybe it's the scenery. Maybe it's the swag. Maybe it's the distance. Maybe it's the location. Maybe it's, you know, you saw Bigfoot. I don't know. But, you know, whatever it is, maybe it's next to your favorite brewery. Maybe they got the best cheese curds. I'm going. Um, but, yeah, tag that. 
Um, cause we're always looking for stuff out there. And even if they're not running it this year because of uh, what's going on, just, just so we know about it, um, would be awesome. And I want to give a special shout out from, to Mike from Salem, Utah, the first one to buy one of the new Trail Manor shirts. We threw a couple things in there for you, a little extra uh, for saying thank you. But again, reminder, it helps the show. There's shirts and beanies on our website at trailmanners.com in our shop. Um, so he- check that out. Also reminder, we do have a Strava page, so you can come join that. Uh, there's a lot of people on there, and that's pretty cool. We'll try to do some stuff later uh, in this year on the Strava page. Uh, I'm always looking for people to write guest columns on the website. So if you've got any race reports, any adventure run reports, things like that, and want to have them on the website, shoot them my way and let's let's chat. Let's do the talking thing to get them up there. Remind everybody, we do have Patreon support at patreon.com backslash trail manners, or you can check it out on our website. There's a donate button. And please, folks, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to beg. That's kind of... It's not beneath me, but I'm just not going to do it. You know, I mean, if you want to and you have the time, uh, please leave us a review on iTunes. Um, you know, not just the star review, but even a few words is always helpful. Thank you, Morgan, for your previous one. I truly appreciate that. Um, it just helps the show. And it's like I said, it's always fun to hear comments because there's so many people out there I know that listen that I don't know about. So uh, thank you so much. Please share this podcast with your friends. And just a quick little heads up. And again, this is because I'm enjoying the Trail Manners podcast. We're not forcing the Trail Manners podcast. Our guest for next Tuesday's show that is gonna that uh, I was gonna <clears throat> that would launch on February sixteenth, which is Tuesday, just had to reschedule. They had something come up, and we understand that. Um, I'm not gonna force a show for next Tuesday. If something comes up, we're absolutely gonna do one because I've got the next two weeks booked as well. Um, but you may not have a show next Tuesday, but we'll be back next Thursday. Um, you know, there's no sense in forcing things and. We all have lives, so if something comes up, I'll definitely get a podcast up for next Tuesday with a guest, not just me. You get enough of that, um, but yeah, continue to, to pay attention uh, to the show in the next few weeks. So again, thank you all so much uh, for listening to the Trail Manners podcast. Thank you so much for the support. Again, I'm always going to say it because I truly appreciate it, and just coming back, having a little faith in the show uh, after being gone for a little while, because we are at episode 302 all of them combined. Um, that's where the number came from. That's quite a few. It's a little more than I thought. The question is, will you make it to 400? I don't know if we'll make it to 400. Um, we'll see, but we'll definitely make it to 303. So tune in next week for sure on Thursday for single track. Don't forget your Ask Trail Manners questions. Um, don't forget to answer the question we did. And please, folks, if you wouldn't mind sharing this through your social channels with your people, even on your runs with your friends, they may not like it. It may not be for them, but uh, you never know who we can wrangle in and, and get in listening to the podcast. So, again, thank you so much. If you want to be on the show, you have an idea, someone to be on the show, definitely shoot me an email. This is for you. I just enjoy what I do. So again, this is Eric Manning, the host of the Trail Manners podcast. This is single track session number 302. Have a great weekend and Valentine's Day, and I'm out.